Welcome to Unstyled. I'm your host, Christine Barbrick, co-founder and global editor-in-chief of Refinery29. Each week, I invite a notable person to come in and talk with us as we explore the funny, inspiring, sometimes heartbreaking tales of life, work, and love, as told through the things that we wear. Hey everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Unstyled Podcast. We're currently in the middle of another fashion month when all the designers and brands around the world show their new collections in New York, London, Milan, and Paris. It's a time when lots of new trends emerge and lots of old trends manage to find new life on and off the runways. It's always an interesting time to observe how the fashion and retail industry is shifting and adapting or not to be more inclusive, more experimental, and more reflective of the world we live in and what customers like you and me really want. Mostly, it's a month where I spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about clothes, why we desire them, which ones make us feel good or like imposters, and how certain clothes help us to figure out who we are and ultimately what we want to say. Which leads to this episode. I wanted to get someone in the studio to talk about fashion, but more specifically personal style and how we cultivate that as we grow and change as people. My friend Elizabeth Spiridakis Olson has been someone I've long admired, both for her voice, she's a former blogger and art director for the New York Times, and for her honesty in talking about the highs and lows of living with and loving clothes. So here it is, just two friends getting into it about fashion and style, and occasionally being embarrassed about random piles of clothes showing up in the corners of our bedrooms. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Elizabeth Olson. Yes. It's such a pleasure to have you on Unstyled today. I'm so excited to be here. New York Fashion Week just wrapped up, but it's Fashion Month. It feels like it's always Fashion Month, doesn't it? That's, I think, the truth. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We finished up our season, but I was thinking I would love to get somebody in the studio that works in fashion, but has also has really strong personal opinions and feelings about fashion, too, and also personal style. And you're someone that I've admired for so long creatively. You now work at Kate Spade. My official title is Senior Director of Brand Creative. Oh, Senior Director of Brand Creative. That's so... It's a mouthful. You know what I was thinking about was how... Do you remember how we met? Yeah, I do, actually. So I want to give a little (laughs) background about you. So Elizabeth had a blog called Feels Like White Lightning. Correct. Feels Like White Lightning, which was inspired by... It was like a nickname that my friends at the time called me. Like they was were, it light, lightning? Just or white, lightning? No, lightning. Lightning. And they would call me White Lightning, and I thought it was so funny, and so I just named it that because you didn't think twice. You were like, "I'm start a blog. I'm just going to name it." I just did it. it. There wasn't a lot of thought, <laughs> which is such a beautiful time, wasn't it? It was. A I know you time. could really have silly names like that, and they really just felt like they really carried a lot of heft, anyway. Yeah. I know. I feel like that could be a whole media company now. Feels like white lightning. I know. If I had gone another A creative way. agency, actually. Wink, wink. But you also worked at the New York Times as a creative director there, as an art director, while you were doing this blog. And I just found you so deeply funny 
and smart and introspective and you always sort of like picked up the funny nuances that most people miss that I really, really appreciated. And I chased you around for a while, tried to hire you a bunch. I know that's what I remember. And I I honestly, unrequited because, love because blogs and writing for the internet was so new. When I went to my managing editor at T, he was like, you can't do that. Who I also wrote for freelance, which was funny. But because I was like, do you think if I wanted to, you know, maybe do some writing on the side? And they were like, no. And I wasn't allowed to say that I wrote to the New York Times on my blog. I had to be like super secretive about it Mm -hmm. because they like didn't understand it, it was, was so, so new new and it was so funny so and terrifying I, people were so scared yeah and I was like what does it mean I, I really mean? wanted to work with you and Piera and then I was like I can't like I can't lose this job and they told me that it's like a no which seems so silly to think about now that maybe doing writing and working with you guys they would have been like no you can't work on layouts in our <laughs> magazine too it's not okay it's just so funny But Elizabeth has incredible style, not just in how she dresses, but how she designs her home. She lives in New Jersey with her with her husband and her son. And she just is someone I really admire. And I knew I could have a really fun, hilarious, but smart conversation about fashion and just the, the role it plays in our lives these days. So let's just talk quickly about New York Fashion Week. So you work at Kate Spade. Kate Spade has gone through some huge changes. I have to say, I was at the Kate Spade show. I'm sure a lot of you listening know Kate Spade. I'm sure you love Kate Spade. Obviously, it was devastating when the real Kate Spade passed away. It was last year, right? It was last year. I can't even believe it was already a year. I know. Really tragic. I cried. It was a tough year in general. I feel like everyone of a certain age or that was into a certain thing did. It was so shocking and horrible. She had such an influential role in that period of time and fashion. Like I really credit her with making the first It Bag. I saved up so much for so long to get that navy blue satin nylon flap mailbag, crossbody mailbag. That was my work bag, and I loved it. And I'm sure some of you all saved up for your first Kate Spade bags, too. But I think that some of the principles of the brand, which I still track to today, is that it's joyful. It's a happy brand. She had some really strong opinions about style, and I love her, the trilogy of style books that she did. I love them. I underlined so many things in them because I just really thought she was so wise. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. Anyway, what's it like to work at Kate Spade now? Because there is a new creative director. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicola Glass. And she's super, super talented. Amazing. So many things, so many amazing, crazy printed coats that I wanted, which we'll talk about offline. It actually felt very Christine, very layered. Oh, light layers. So many light layers, like really good shapes, but sophisticated and chic. And it was just like, yes, it was like, it was practical, but it felt high fashion. And to me, high fashion is stuff that you can wear every day. You know, a lot of people plan their outfits during New York Fashion Week, which I'm sure to a lot of you seems extremely daunting. And it's daunting to me too. But my rule of thumb is like, if I wouldn't wear it to work on an ordinary day, I don't wear it to Fashion Week. And I don't really like feeling like I'm dressing up for photographers. Right. I feel like it can already be an uncomfortable situation in a lot of places. If you get there and you're sitting by yourself for a minute, I feel like you want to feel at least baseline comfort and be like, I like this outfit. I know this is a good outfit. I feel like this is me. And then if you have to like wade into these other waters that can sometimes feel fake, fake. Yeah. You're already, it's like if you're not starting with 
feeling like yourself, you're you're already in a bad place. Yeah, and then you show up at a show, which is already really intimidating. It's crowded. Right. You don't know if someone's going to be sitting in your seat when you get there. And, of course, it always seems like a really glamorous experience, but it can be incredibly stressful. So how long have you been at Kate Spade for? Just over two years. What have you learned about fashion and style while you've been there? And, I mean, as a creative director, I mean, you are really responsible for carrying through the principles of the brand and making sure that things feel consistent, right? So yeah, my job is a lot to be sort of the, not like a watchdog, I can't think of like a cooler word, but the two teams that I oversee are the print team, any print collateral, anything to do with print, anything Kate Spade, and the digital team. So that's our emails, our social media. Yeah, it's huge. And my boss, Kristen, is our SVP of all of this. And it's sort of like my job to keep everything in check in the way she sees we should be moving forward with our brand. How in you terms communicate of what with Nicola, your customers. Yeah. It's like from what Nicola's vision is for everything and how Kristen feels we should be interpreting that as the visuals for the brand. Is it a fun job? Yeah, it's fun. It's different every hour. It's really interesting. I feel like I've done, in my career, it's been like mostly publishing, but I've worked in publishing that does all kinds of things. So... I started details, so men's fashion. When I was at T, we did 15 issues a year, and, you know, it's like food, travel, men's, women's. And then I've moved through. I worked I was a creative director at Afar for a few years, which was just travel. So I feel like I've been in the mix and all these different things. And working just primarily in women's fashion, I, I feel like I hadn't done, but also working in a retail environment. It's so interesting. It's so different. And so one day I might be talking about signs in a store and then – what the email is for tomorrow, and then what we're going to be shooting for all of our e-com photography for all of spring 20. There's so much around a brand these days that it's like pretty wild. That's amazing. So I think that something that's really hard is there's so much bouncing around of creative directors. It's like musical chairs. Obviously, there's been a lot of disruption lately with the big brands based in Europe. With Celine and Burberry and Chanel, obviously, with Carl passing. Uh, what else? Uh, Givenchy, Chloe, and Kate Spade's another one of them. What made Nicola the right person to take over this job? What's her background? Nicola came from Michael Kors. Okay. And I, I mean, I can't speak to it, of course, fully, but I will say that she's such a thoughtful and smart and surprising and cool and interesting person. She's so honed in on detail. It comes across in the clothes. Yeah. And you know when you talk about someone and they say that they're interested and interesting? Mm -hmm. That's how I think about Nicola. Like I feel like she's so detail-oriented that she wants to know everything about everything and has all these questions. And then she's interesting herself. She has amazing style. She has really great ideas. She has a really great vision. I don't know. I think we all love her. Kate Spade is not sponsoring this episode. If no. It, if anyone's wondering this, this is just because I really, I adore Elizabeth and I knew she'd be a fun person to talk about fashion with. Let's switch gears. Okay. You, like me, are very particular about when you post your sort of outfit shots. Oh, yeah. I don't do it as much as I used to, only because my full-length mirror is in Rafi's room, in my daughter's room, and she's often napping. So I don't have access to it anymore if I'm home. It's kind of ironic that when she's sleeping is the only time I'd actually have a chance to photograph an outfit. I feel like my only full-length mirror that I could take a picture in is in my bedroom, and it's the one room in our house that is just, like, dark, not done. No, it's actually super bright. 
but it's just always a mess. Like I will admit this. Like we don't we like need dressers like to put our clothes in. We haven't got, we've been there 3 years. We're still like we're going to buy a dresser one day and I just have like piles of clothes so when I take the picture it looks insane. It's not a natural way to store your clothes. You're like, I can't stack them like this in a drawer. We live in a small apartment, but now I feel like we live on a ship, on a small boat. <laughs> and it's like there's all these tiny cabinets everywhere. But it actually works for me because I, I am a person that feels calmer and can sleep at night if everything's in its place. Yes, me too. But I also feel like you and I, I would assume, have a similar issue in that I wear dresses most of my clothes are, are things that I want to hang up, let's say. Yeah. I have know. a lot of t-shirts. That's the thing I oh, have to... Oh, that's true. My t-shirts, my workout clothes, which I've like, pared down to, I have like only two workout outfits now since after having a kid. And I'm trying to get it all tightened up. Because that's another thing that was getting out of control is like, had all these workout outfits and it was just like, or workout pieces and it takes up space. And yeah. it's like, so I've really like weeded everything down. I have only two pairs of pajama bottoms now. I feel like pajamas is where I'm out of control and I don't even understand why. Get rid of them. I just keep getting the Silka Res pajamas on eBay because they're cheaper. And I I love that. And they really last a long time where I get like vintage men's silk pajamas because I really like a nice pajama set. Me too. I I only like a set. set. I actually really love a J. Crew pajama set and I love a monogram and it makes me feel really fancy and like happy Mike to Brady? climb into my bed. I'm like, I'm like, there's no, literally, I, no one's going to see it. I'm not I'm posting pictures. It's just for me. You're like a white pajama set with an is ESO in, on is it. Is your hair in rollers? No, it's like in a giant bun with an enormous scrunchie, which is kind of my new obsession. I never wear my hair up. I hate it in my life out in the world. Elizabeth has like glorious, long, brown, child dream hair. Which is like, but it's like I can't wear it any other way personally. Like I uh-huh. feel like if I see my hair any other way, I'm like, this is horrible and I hate it. But I am obsessed with giant scrunchies. I have a Judy Rosen giant scrunchie. Have you seen them? They're like no, the size I don't of understand. a dinner plate. No, I do not <laughs> understand the return of scrunchies. But also here's one I thing I'd like it. to say. <laughs> scrunchies are now expensive and I am really annoyed by it. I'm sorry. It's true. I used to make my scrunchies. That is the thing. I This scrunchie's not cheap. But I love Judy, and she's a friend of mine. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, so I'm like, I'm gonna buy this crunchy because I think it's amazing, and I love you. But I told my friend Christy about it, and she was like, "We can make this for four dollars less." <laughs> she was like, "We can make ten of them for four dollars," and I was like, "But you know what? I like this giant silk polka dot scrunchy." When I was in college, I had a box of scrunchies in all different Brings patterns. Brings me joy. Yeah, they were just like a pile of like frilly rubber band. Aya Cash, the actress and writer. I asked her to write this piece about her love of 90s fashion or this sort of like love affair that she's having with 90s fashion now and just like how the fashion of her youth came back to haunt her. And she kind of briefly mentioned scrunchies, but yeah, the 90s is kind of a thing now. The 90s are such a thing now, but I feel like there's different waves of it. Yes. That, like I I love the 90s. I was a teenager in Did the 90s. Did you wear a choker? Yes. I had so many chokers. But I feel, it's so formative to me. That's why it's like I spent my entire teenage life in the 90s. And I still dress, I think, in the way partially. You do have a kind of 90s, like, it's, you wear, like, like it's very vintage Betsy Johnson it's, kind oh, of vibe. Yeah, I still have my vintage Betsy Johnson dresses from the 90s. Like, uh. that, it's like all. And she's wearing little black cowboy boots today, too. I think I still look the best in it. Like, I'll try other things, but I'm like, I still think that I, this is what you got a little bikini best. kill thing going on. Forever. 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 Thank you so much for saying that.
you're someone who I admire in terms of your style and just like how you know what you like and you know what looks good on you. What are your philosophies around like shopping and dressing and how you put clothes together? I feel like there's certain silhouettes that I know I'm going to like on my body or I'm going to like the way I look in them. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone should try everything and you should just like be free. But I know for myself that I'm like, if I stray, I'm usually disappointed. I know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A few silhouettes that I know work for me. And then I just like go for it. And I, I, I stick within like the same three style of shoe. <laughs> it's like a platform a boot, a clog, mm-hmm. <laughs> or sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I just, if it's that kind of combination of things, I know I'm going to like be happy with where I end up. I just started wearing pants when I had my kid. <laughs> I literally haven't worn pants. Like, Or I brought back my Jinkos you that did. I had. Yes, you because did they look them. like... Rachel Comey pants. They look like, like if you wear your Jinkos now, the way you would wear your pants like at your waist. They're very Comme des Garçons. They're like giant wide leg you know, pants shredded at the bottom, they look like the Rachel Comey pants that everybody was into. Like Diane Keaton's amazing wide leg Margella jeans. Did you see this post? No. I oh just, my God. Do you follow her on Instagram? Of course I follow okay. her on Instagram. All I caps, like it. Yes. A delight. I mean, her captions are really Outrageous. a treasure. I always try to just like write a caption back to her. Like she posted a picture, it was a little while ago now. It was like a month ago, two months ago. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing basically Jinkos. They were giant wide leg pants. With It's like a dream outfit. You would love it. Black turtleneck and one of her hats. Here's a caption. Regarding these pants, this is seriously true. I wore them. Can I just say something else? She's writing in all caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's Always. yelling. She only Regarding these a- pants. <laughs> this, is ser- this is seriously true. I wore them on the plane. I wore them in the Hotel DuPont. I wore them, still in caps, I wore them in the Delaware Art Museum. I wore them on a long walk through the Wilmington streets. I'm wearing them on the train to New York City. I've never received more compliments on anything I've ever worn in my entire life. Oops. Yeah. And and she did tag them. Margiela. But she tagged them later because literally People and freaked every out. celebrity like, Where did you get them? every celebrity in there is like, when are we getting the credit on these pants, Diane? Like literally <laughs> if you read the two thousand seven hundred comments it's like, I wish I could remember now, but it's like random people, like even like, I swear even like a Reese Witherspoon, like, where are the pants from? Like everyone's asking, but I think people were just like, tell Diane, like, tell us. But also, where does Diane Keaton get Margella jeans? Like, does she have a stylist she's not talking about? I can't. They're probably vintage. I don't you don't think, think they are? Vintage? No, I think oh, because new? I posted about them a million times and someone finally sent me a link. Can we just get a t-shirt made that said, what Look, would Diane do? Then she did like do? a whole post about them. Oh, she has many pairs. I mean... She wrote, they're the bomb. Also, who told her that? <laughs> not an, Hashtag not an ad. Oh, hashtag not an ad. I just am obsessed with her. As far as fashion goes, because I think that there is a lot of emphasis now around sustainability, mm-hmm. conservation, just recycling, upcycling with fashion, just finding ways to not 
put so much emphasis on new, 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 new. Fast fashion has definitely made a lot of high fashion ideas sort of accessible to a lot of people. However, it, it contributes so much in terms of waste and sort of impacting the carbon footprint. But are you a less or a more person when it comes to fashion? You can be honest. I'm a more person That's that feels okay. ethically. It's actually one of the things that like weighs me down when I think about like what I wish I was doing better as a person. <laughs> I'm not even, yeah. as time goes by, I'm like. Do you acquire a lot or you hold on to a lot? I go through phases. Mm-hmm. I like to hold on. I'll get ruthless and I'll get rid of bags of stuff. I'll donate. But I do have stuff, like I said, I have my Jinkos from 1994. Like, I'm not a hoarder, but when I like something, I'm also like, why do I have to get rid of it? Like, I Mm -hmm. love it. I don't want to lose this. But there is this, like, and it's something that I talk about with other friends of mine. Like, you know, you just do, like, a stress shop because you're like, this is what I need, like, in this moment. Do you know what I have the feeling? I don't buy a lot of stuff, but I actually just will scroll through it. But occasionally I'll find something. I'll be like, if I got this this dress, it would change my life. Yes. Do you ever feel that way? Perpetually. I know. It's like, this will be the dress that allows me to get rid of the other 10 dresses that aren't doing the job that this dress can do. Right. And I know that a lot of people feel that way out there. And I think that sometimes you just have to really think it through if that's just a like it's a just the void you need to fill yeah. because you're not feeling good in your life or if it really is that dress. <laughs> I'm trying harder not to be that person because I really don't think that it's it's not good. We know it's not good. It doesn't feel good. I just told you I have nowhere to put any of the clothes I have anyway. Like it's a multi-layered problem and I it is one that I recognize in myself that I'm like trying to change, but sometimes like I'm not perfect. Maybe if I do really feel like I just want like a new dress, I need something for the season, I'll try to go on eBay. Uh-huh. Um my friend Sam has this vintage clothing shopping app, which is pretty cute. What is it called? It's called World. Um and you can go on it and it's like eBay, but people, there's different aspects to it where you can like say, hey, I'm hunting for like long, thin jackets and mm-hmm. people will know that you're looking for it. And if they're shopping at the thrift store and they see one, they could post and be like, hey, I'm, I bought this long, thing jacket. It's like $20. Do you want to buy it? I don't really use it that way. So but it's like a community. You know, it is. It has like different huh. layers, but I use it mainly just for shopping. Like I'll just scroll through and people are selling you're, you're like not, cute. That's where I got this dress. You're not dropping any leads for anybody else. <laughs> I just am like, I don't have time for that. I'm just like, I just want to get um, every man like a himself. cute floral mini vintage dress. And so like, that's where I got this dress and I have like a bunch of them. And so I feel like if it's vintage, I feel a little better. I'm like, I'm reusing it. Yes. It's still not something I need. I'm a but... huge vintage wearer. And I know vintage can be incredibly intimidating to people because they just don't even know where to start. And they also need the guidance of like what's in style. And vintage is just old. You know, it's old. It's used. I get personally irritated when people say, ew, you know, somebody wore that before that's used. And I don't know. I just, I always think that take is so bizarre. It's funny. I think it's a stigma. And the thing about thrift stores is that I actually really like when stuff isn't curated for me. I like to just like go in, have it be complete chaos and then just be drawn to, yeah, I like to be drawn to like patterns to different, like I love going to the menswear section and looking through the blazers and like all the good like button down menswear shirts and I always find good stuff there. I also go to the nightgown section. I always find vintage silk slips and stuff like that. I so many of them and they're really practical. You can sleep in them. You can wear them under sheer dresses. Although this fashion week, 
Everyone was wearing sheer dresses with nothing underneath it. What was going on? <laughs> Do you think it's because it's like the last resort of getting noticed by I don't actually, no. I think it is the same as the trend with not wearing a bra. There's a lot of women that are sort of like eschewing the bra. And not even in a subtle way. It's like shirt open down to your belly button. Like if you if you catch a, a you know a glimpse of of my boob, it's totally fine. Yeah, it's I'm putting it out there. Yeah, um, have at it. And then like also <laughs> like just completely sheer dress with just like granny panties underneath. But I think that there's a really liberating kind of moment where women are just feeling themselves and just like I just want to wear this and I don't want to feel like I have to censor my body and and feel like I have to cover up if I don't want to. It's hot out, and I'm gonna do me. And I was thinking about writing about it because I think that it's an interesting period where women stopped wearing bras in like the 60s and 70s and it was just like kind of a political statement. I'm like all for it. I feel like I wish, well, I'm going to say something and then I'm like, but this is probably just my mind is conditioned to think this. Like I have really large boobs. Like to me, like a bra is more comfortable. Yeah. I hate it. And so there's just something about it that like I'm almost like sports bras. I love sports bras. I don't because I feel like I get that uni boob. <laughs> like I feel like once I if I if I wear a sports bra when I've tried to like it gets that whole stripe across boob and it just feels you know when you look down and like you see a picture later and you're like it wasn't like that but you look down and in your mind you're like it's just a wall of boob. A wall. That's how I feel in a sports bra. My boob bra. shelf. Feels like a giant boob shelf to me. Yes. Do you? We're both kind of going through transitions in our lives. And I think that that's always the most exciting moment to kind of take a temperature check of your style. What's your advice to listeners who are searching? They're in that searching mode and they're feeling like they just want to burn everything in their closet and start over. I think... I felt that way really recently. I tried to just think back on moments where I felt really good or felt really confident. And I was like, what was I wearing? Like, what? who was I then, in a way? Because I do feel like in this period of transition, I kind of like changed my style a little bit in the past five years. And I feel like I've come back now to where I was maybe before. And I feel better in my own skin trying to wear pants. I was like wearing pants, doing things, and I wasn't feeling as good. And then I was like... Maybe I just am a dress person. Like, I think maybe you can just take a minute and be like, what do I really feel good in? What was the day I felt confident? What was the day I felt happy? What was the day I felt really good? And like, what was I in in that? Like, I feel like I feel confident in a dress. I know how to like stand where I feel like I look okay if I have to take a picture with somebody. Like from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. If I have to stand up in front of a room and talk about something in a meeting, I'm like, when do I feel like I'm not thinking about what I'm wearing and I just feel like I feel like myself. And that's the direction I try to go in. That's good advice. I'm going to use that. Right? Like, what do you wear when you don't think about what you're wearing? When I'm wearing a dress like this and like clogs, I don't think about it all day. But if I am wearing like jeans, which I might do sometimes, but I it feel just like makes I'm, you feel good. Yeah. It doesn't make you think about it, but you still just feel great. I feel good. And I'm not looking down, adjusting, like doing whatever. It's like an and insurance so, policy. Yeah. Can we talk about old Celine really fast? Oh We're my gonna God. We're going to sneak this in. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Okay. So Phoebe Philo, actually, I was saying earlier, I was like, we should have a T-shirt made that says, what would Diane do? But really, I always think to myself, what would Phoebe do? What would Phoebe do? And so I always kind of use her as a baseline yeah. about what might be cool and understated. 
But if you get closer, you can really see how beautiful it is and how special it is. Yeah. And I think that that's something that she taught me through her time at Celine. And I collect as much as I can afford to collect on eBay now from her tenure. Do you go to Woodbury? You know it's still all old Celine at the Celine outlet. No. I think through the summer. Really? Yes. Okay, that's what I'm doing this weekend. They were saying at the end of next summer is oh, okay. when they'll be through with all the Phoebe era stuff. What did Phoebe Philo mean to you? And, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Bottega, Veneta um, is the new It's like Celine. our last hope. <laughs> it's our, yeah, apparently. But what do you, why do you think that she had such a huge influence on fashion? And people like us, you know, everyone. It's just like she kind of touched everybody, I, even if they didn't know. Yes. You know, I think because the woman that she created, like that Celine woman, I think there was a part of it that felt like for most women, you look at it and you're like, yes, that is me. And it's not what I think other people think women want to see themselves as. Am I making sense? Yes. Like you're like, I do want this flowy, long, weird sequin skirt, or I do want this strange, squishy bag. Like, it's a thing that, like, I felt like tapped into all kinds of what different women might like. And I think from the outside, like, I feel like my husband would be like, I don't, what? And you're like, no, this is what women want. We all just want the perfect but slightly weird gold hoop. We all just want a, a sneaker with our really expensive dress. We, that, we all want a serious coat that looks yes. like it was our dad's that he bought at like Brooks Brothers in like 1989. Right. And it's somehow, it's flattering, but not form fitting, but not a sack. But somehow you're like, and you know, when you walk by people are like, oh, that's cool. What is that? What is that? What is that? I guess kind of it, but it's almost a little too weird. But that's what I like about it too, because we started talking about this, you and I, that's how we sort of like ended up here. But I'm like, I like a little bit of like, beyond weird like that exaggerated square toe yeah it's very it's very sort of dolly-esque you know like yeah. scaparelli i think that there is something i mean bottega is going in a very interesting direction and i think it was it was overdue and they're doing because they have an incredible house and, and i think the legacy there but celine what phoebe did for fashion and the trickle-down effect and how that impacted like the zaras and the h&ms and the gaps and so many brands that we all interact with every day. It's just, I there are not a lot of people that have had that kind of influence. No. I mean, architecture, minimalism. I mean, there's so, there's so many aspects of our lives that I think that Phoebe Philo really kind of informed in a way that I don't think any of us were anticipating, and I just really miss her. I know we all do. I know. I think she'll come back. Do you? Yeah, I think so. I think she's just enjoying herself and her horses and her kids and just um, planning her great, her great sort of triumphant return. I agree. I don't think she, I feel like I'm sure she had needed some like, well, don't you think she'd be amazing at a place like The Gap? Don't you think that there would be like, but I'm saying like something completely different. Mind-blowing. I mean, I always thought that I really love what's happening at Burberry right now. So I think that they I'm should stick with, with yeah, it. they should stick with that. But That's Tishy and just like, I think it is actually doing really so. well. I think those accessories are just killer. And I love the new Burberry print that he's doing. Beautiful. And I'm, I give that a huge, a th two thumbs way up. Um, but I think that if she were going to... I mean, we thought that maybe she'd go to Chanel, but, you know, that ended up sort of heading in the right direction. 
I don't know. We'll see. But I think that it's also because Raph leaving um, Calvin Klein was a real bummer for me because I love everything that he does. But I think that maybe she'll have her own line. Maybe she'll do her own thing on her own terms. And yeah. you know what? She won't have to have anybody telling her what to do. That's true. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice for all of us? Yeah. <laughs> we can all cross our fingers until then. Elizabeth Olson, thank you so much for being a guest on Unstyled today. I love thank you so you. much, and I, I admire you, you so much, and I just love having you in my world, in our world. Same, same, same. I'm so happy to be here. I hope you're inspired after hearing Elizabeth's story. For even more Unstyled extras, check out Refinery29 or my Instagram at Christine Barbrick. You can also join the conversation using the hashtag Unstyled across your social media. And of course, we'd be infinitely grateful if you'd please subscribe to Unstyled on Apple Podcasts and rate us while you're there. You can head over to refinery29.com to find this episode and more, and make sure to sign up for our exclusive Unstyled newsletter, delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our show today was produced by Rebecca Easley, with production assistance by Kate Spencer. Unstyled was edited by Priscilla Mena and Anna Costanza, and our writer is Kelsey Miller. Our theme music today is by the artist Koff, and we recorded Unstyled with Paul Ruest at Argo Studios and Gotham Podcast Studio. We'll see you back here next Monday for a conversation with executive, host, and Washington insider Alyssa Mastromonaco on discovering your political values. We'll see you then.